Welcome to the Batman Tazdacast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman, the Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode in a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. Seated across the table from me, my co-host, definitely not a robot, it is RoboStalb. And sitting across the table from me, he's human after all, Mr. Jordan Hume. Or am I? Perhaps I'm fine. I'm fine. Maybe we are both fine. I am fine. Yes, we are fine. We are fine. If you tuned in last week, we were discussing Heart of Steel Part 1. Mike did a dynamite job. Nice. Taking us through the first one. That would have been good if there was dynamite in the first episode. There wasn't. There wasn't. There wasn't. No dynamite. I should have come up with a different uh, play on words. I'll take it. Thanks. Uh, This week we're discussing, of course, Heart of Steel Part 2. If you're joining us on the production side, that is Season 1, Episode 39, but broadcast was 40, so, so it's right we're around pretty the, right much there. right on where we need to right be. Right on the nose. Right on the nose, Ooh, as it were. Oh, Jim Garden. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, one of our favorite of the two-parters, and this is a two-parter that has all the payoffs, and it's a very action-packed, and I'm going to put this right at the front, a really fucking... Pants weddingly terrifying. Oh, scary part episode, two. dude. This is good. This might be one of the few times where part two is better than part one, which I think is, it is rare on this show. I think it is, just because the sequences are so good. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I loved a lot of the stuff in part one, so it's oh. nothing nothing to take this, take away there. As you said in part one, this is the payoff, man. This is the payoff. Um initial thoughts on this episode for me, um, is just how scary this is. Yeah. Uh because in part two, it, it's not like they're leading us on anymore. Now it's like Okay, all that stuff we were tenderizing you for. Now we're going to throw at you crab-walking robots with yep. rotating heads yep. and red eyes yep. and dismemberment, yep. electrocution, explosions, yep. lasers, elevator shafts crushing people. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. I mean, so it's, much in this it's episode. It's crazy, dude. Crazy. Um, this episode, of course, also gives us um, our sort of more official introduction to Barbara Gordon and, and like her sort of starting to become Batgirl. We definitely get, like, the first... I don't know. I, you know what? I don't think it's the first steps to her becoming Batgirl. I think it's the last steps to her becoming Batgirl. Yeah. I okay. think she's, like, one day away from making her own Batsuit. Right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, what are your initial thoughts on this episode? I think it's awesome. I think it's a great part, too. I love robots. Uh, I think the the introduction... Robot. Uh, Robot. I, I think uh, Barbara Gordon, like, being the better sidekick to Batman than Robin is uh, excellent. I think we're getting... It's just a great establishing episode for her and her yes. character, and as well and as there seems to be more of her in this episode because oh, yeah. she's the she's almost the star of the yeah, end yeah, sequence, yeah, yeah. This yeah is, this which is, is most of the episode. Yeah, she does a lot. She uh, does some heavy lifting. Um, once again, like most part twos, this episode is truncated because we have almost three minutes of yes. intro. It's and a shorter episode with on. fewer scenes. Yes, and the previously on takes up. With the intro, it takes up like three minutes. Yeah, which is a big chunk of a 22-minute So it's only episode. like probably like an 18-minute episode. Yeah. I will say this. I think Heart of Steel, this was so worth revisiting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was just thrilled to watch this because I, I had so much enjoyed part one and I was really looking forward to part two. And yeah. I saw part two now a few times to do this recap. Yeah. And I loved it. I thought this was just terrific. terrific. And I think all of the sequences work so well. And it's it's really some of the best stuff on the show. Absolutely. Um. A couple of topics to just touch on. We already talked about our love for uh, Batgirl, Barbara Gordon. I think I just wanted to say, this episode reminded me that I've kind of burned that she never really had her own show. Yeah. Like, no version of of her was ever like, we're going to do a Batgirl show. I'd watch that. I think everyone would have. Yeah. And she had a very successful comics run years after this, which was the, the Batgirl year one stuff. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that was the material they were going to use to do the Batgirl movie that got shelved. Um, oh, that, but I, that poor film. Right. But I think it would have worked as an animated series. Yeah. And I think her character design even now, the Batgirl of Burnside, is good. Yeah. I'll say this much. I think that, you know, this is probably my favorite version of that character. The animated series Batgirl. Yeah, I think it's the best version of the character. Um, I also think she's one of the few characters that, like, when we move from the animated series to New Adventures, she actually kind of retains more of what makes that character appealing than Batman and Robin. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do think she's she's a better sidekick than uh, than um, than Robin is, and definitely I prefer her to Nightwing. 
Um, I do like Tim Drake a lot. I think I think um, she's obviously a great character in the comic books. Again, a character that's been with the Batman series since the '60s. I think she shows up in I think in like 19. She becomes Batgirl in like 63 or 64. Might be 67. But she's also the second Batgirl in the comic books. Uh, there was, was someone else. There was a Batgirl before her who I think was 1961 she was introduced, or maybe 63, but it wasn't Barbara Gordon. Uh, Barbara Gordon became Batgirl in, I believe, 1967. I might be wrong about that, but I definitely think she's she's a great character because, um, you know, similarly to Batman, she's a little bit more independent than, say, Robin or Nightwing. She does seem that way. She does. She's a bit more independent. They bring that, we talked about Barbara Gordon a little bit uh, from the Harley Quinn cartoon, but in that that show too, she's also super independent. I also love that her origin is not rooted in tragedy. Yeah. Whereas Batman and Robin's both are. Yeah. Hers is just kind of like, she has such a strong sense of curiosity and justice that she knows that she can be an instrument for good in the world. And that's really, it's actually inspiring. Also, and we see this in this episode, what makes her great as a character and so intriguing as a character is that Batman, Robin is kind of like a sarcastic Sonic the Hedgehog kind of jerk. Right. That, yes, he's having a good time, but like he's having a good time for like all the wrong reasons. (laughs) Okay. Like he's having a good time because it's like fun to bust people's chops. Right. And it's fun to be a jerk. In some ways, Robin is spoofing Batman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, look how dark and sinister I could be. Ha, yeah, ha, 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 ha. Right. Batman, I don't think, has ever had fun a day in his life. Right. Um, Batgirl almost does it because of the joy of doing it. You're right. And also, Batgirl is very sincere. Yeah. She doesn't undercut yeah. him in any way. No. So actually, it kind of works in that yeah, way, too. Yeah. She's like, legitimately, she has like this kind of childlike wonder of like, oh, it's fun to be a superhero. Yeah. Which we don't get a lot of. We don't. I no. like it a lot. Me too. Um, something else to, to look at in these two episodes kind of together, but paying off here in the second half. Um, the character Rossum, who is Hardak's creator, they yeah. actually refer to him as the maker yeah. in this episode. Um, praise the maker. <laughs> praise the maker. He's a really interesting foil to Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Because Bruce Wayne, in his coping, yeah. became Batman. And I think like the Rossum lesson here is just like, here's the wrong way to cope, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just, okay, we learn in this episode... Of course, that Rossum lost his daughter in a vehicular yeah. accident, some yeah. kind of car accident. The details are not specified. And it was out of his heartbreak that he created Hardak to correct human errors, but Hardak goes too far, and Rossum realizes that. Um, Do we think Batman's response to tragedy is healthy? <laughs> or the right response? So, no. Yeah, right? I don't think so. But at least it does more good yeah. than harm. Yeah. Hardak does more harm than good. Well, yeah, because Hardak is going to erase humanity. <laughs> right. But it, robots. Right. But it seems like they're almost kind of pointing to Rossum's grief and saying, like, hey, look, here's a way to really channel this in a bad way. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's an interesting parallel. There's also some parallel going on here between Jim Gordon is a father and Barbara Gordon is a daughter. Yep. And Rossum is a father and... Renda is sort of his daughter, yeah. or Hardak is. Yeah. You know, yeah. so there's kind of like a fathers and daughters thing going on in the episode, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I'll also point out that, like, you know, we have this kind of like bombshell quality to Renda that we mentioned in the first episode of this series. She has kind of like a Marilyn Monroe ishness to her. Very much so. And Rossum, it, it seems to me that maybe, like, what maybe started off as a prototype for his daughter became maybe a prototype for someone that could be his wife. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she has that quality to her, though there's no um, sexual attraction, it seems, from him to her, but we have to acknowledge what she looks like. It clearly doesn't look like what his daughter looked like, because other people would be commenting on that. Yes. They would be like, oh, she looks just like your daughter. Exactly. Which is not what he wanted. This is not that plot. He's not looking to replace his daughter, but the life he creates is clearly... Almost companion to him in some way. True. And in, in, in a sense, it's almost like he's trying to prevent what happened to his daughter from happening to anyone else, which does right. kind of make it Batman-ish. Right. Where Batman's trying to stop crime so that no other little kid can have his parents gunned down in a place called Crime Alley. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, I will say this too. We do get the payoff of, okay, his daughter died in a vehicle accident. Now I know why we have a robot car. Yep. In the first episode. The robot There's no crash. way people are ever going to be allowed to drive again. No. The car just drives you for you. Yeah, because right? you don't have to worry about a right. traffic collision. And he could have stopped there. 
I actually like in my mind, in the canon of my mind, he created the car first, and then mm-hmm. he said, "Oh, this was much safer. What can I make even safer than this?" All human. And then he gets to Hardak. Yes, you know. So, really cool and and sad because yes. it shows you like loss can lead you to creating something like Hardak, and it's not so similar for many of our other villains who allow loss to lead them into a really dark place, mm-hmm. and you know, wanting to maybe take a lot of people there with them. I will say at least Rossum repents. He is really upset about what Hardak is doing in this episode well, and it, is sad about it's it. It's almost like he doesn't realize what Hardak is doing right. and Until doesn't realize the yeah. Hardak has developed its own set of goals and, you know, got out of hand like every crazy robot ever does. Yeah, well, we see this a lot in science fiction. It's yep. like the maker or the creator or your your Robert Ford character in Westworld yep. or anybody like that. Tony Stark and... Uh, Tony Stark, right, with I Ultron. mean, if we, want to, if we want to do that, you know, we want to talk about Age of Ultron specifically. Oh, sure. Not the best Avengers film, but... Right. You know, a movie... In the movie, obviously, you know, Ultron is not designed by Hank Pym, but Ultron is designed by Bruce Banner and... And Tony together. Tony Stark yeah. together... Mm-hmm to essentially create what Iron Man describes as a suit of armor for the Earth. Right. But then Ultron obviously realizes that humanity is the problem and the Avengers are the problem, so it uh, lifts a continent and uh, creates a whole bunch of robots. <laughs> right. Hardak comes to the same conclusion. Yeah. Um, I think what's interesting is that for a lot of these stories, as I was saying, and, and, and you were getting at as well, the makers always seem to initially be trying to create something that helps people in some way. Yeah. It either serves them or it protects them. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes too far because once it achieves a level of sentience, uh, it, it goes on to try to be the most efficient thing it can be. And if it's also taking into account itself and its mission, it's saying it's the people that are the problem. I mean, it's not wrong. It's just it has different ends than we do. That's actually why it's hard to say something like Hardak is evil. Hardak doesn't see good and evil. It's like total logic. It's total logic. It's the ultimate true neutral. Yeah. Right? It is just going to see the end goal and the vision and say, well, my job is to get there. Let me take the most effective steps I can do to get there. And yeah, you can be angry at it, but it will never get upset for that reason. Spend 20 minutes on Twitter and tell me that humans aren't the problem. Oh, listen. (laughs) Was that... That was a pretty popular tweet recently, right? (laughs) Yeah. That... Ultron was underrated because he was sentient for about five seconds and he knew right away on the internet that humans had to be destroyed. <laughs> Spent five minutes on the internet and realized humans had to be destroyed. He's not wrong. Yeah. Um, also, is... Ultron is underrated. Yep, Ultron is I will underrated. stand by that movie. Yeah. By Age of Ultron. I don't love the uh, Black Widow Hulk business because no. I don't think it quite works, but I think everything else pretty much in that movie I'll, is pretty I'll good. I'll tell you much. I don't think it's the best Avengers movie. I don't think it's the worst Avengers movie. Hmm. Oh, that's that's interesting. What, of the four? Yeah. It's the weakest of the four, but it's still good. It's still good. It's better than a lot of MCU stuff, but it's not as good as... Is Infinity War the best Avengers movie? I think people like that one the best. Yeah. Um, I I really like Infinity War. I will say, though, it is like every two-parter. It's half a film. Yeah. It ends on... Is that the most depressing cliffhanger of all time? Uh, Yeah. Close. But, But Thanos sits down, and he gets to look at the sunset, and he realized that he did a job well done. Yes. Well, actually, Thanos is very hard act like. Oh, yeah. Right? Because, yes, while we all agree what Thanos does is evil, he's not approaching it from a place of evil. Like all great villains, and I include Hardak, yeah. he thinks he's doing the right thing. Of course. Of you know? course. Anyway. Uh, enough about Thanos. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to discuss before we just dive actually into the episode, because I'm not sure that we're going to stop off on it, is why does Gordon Bot suck? I don't know, man. They could have made it so cool. So I have a theory. Yeah. And I'm going to refer to all the Roblot, uh, Roblot, jeez. Roblot. Roblot. I'm going to refer to all the robot duplicants in this episode as their name, Bot. Bot. So Gordon Bot, I think, has to suck. Yeah. I was looking at some comments online in the trivia comments and just the wiki comments, and people were like, why? All the other robots are perfect. Like, they act just like the person. Yeah. They even, even Bullock Bot yeah. acts just like Bullock and like has like wise-ass quips and stuff. Where's that cannoli? <laughs> right. Why does Gordon Bot suck? Why is it that like Mayor Hill and Bullock, they all pull off those personalities perfectly, but Gordon Bot is literally, I am fine. Fine. Like, what is wrong? So I have two answers. One is definitely it, and one is just a theory of mine. The one that is definitely it is just Barbara has to have some idea. Yeah. Otherwise, Batgirl has nothing to do in this episode. Yeah. Sorry, I can't call her Batgirl yet. No, She's not eh, Batgirl. Eh, it's fine. Otherwise, we, Barbara we would have know. nothing to do. The plot would not turn yeah. unless she contacted Batman and got him involved. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely it. 
The theory of a version of it is this. However Hardak collects information, mm -hmm. which must be imperfect in some way, yeah. it did not pick up on that Gordon is a different man when he's with his daughter. Yeah. It did not get that yeah. piece of him. It just so, got super caught. The cop that can't be stopped. <laughs> the cop that can't be stopped. <laughs> it just got Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. It did not get Jim Gordon. Yeah. Um, and I think that's pretty key. I actually think the episode could have done a little bit of a better job of illustrating that. Mm -hmm. And that Hardak has an error. And it's that it thinks humans are too simple. Yeah. And are just one way. Yeah. And what's funny is that usually it's right. It's just with Jim Gordon, he has that duality where it is wrong. Yeah. And it's that, hey, this guy you think you know, the tough as nails commissioner... He's not that way with his daughter, so she knows better. And that is something the humans have over the and robots. The, the understanding that people are not the same way at all times. And she's on the Dean's list. And she's on the fucking so Dean's she list, knows. man. She's smart. She is smart. No bots. How about faux bots? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't use that. The Z word. Uh, okay. Dude, I will go to the IMDb, tri IMDb trivia for this episode. I'm yep. going to read it exactly. Please Here do. we go. This episode shows Barbara Gordon has an interest in fighting crime, foreshadowing her role as Batgirl. And then, there is no other IMDb trivia for this episode. Nice. Thank you, Mike. Oh, no and problem. thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening to that. Well, I think we babbled on long enough. Yep. I think it is time for the episode play-by-play. -play. Time to babble off. Here we go. Season 1, episode 39, Heart of Steel, part 2. We get our theme song, and then the episode begins with, as Mike said, a lengthy previously on segment that combined with the theme song like is the first four minutes of the episode. Mm -hmm. um, and it is such a lengthy previously on that I don't think there's a single scene they didn't touch. No. Like they, they basically showed they you the previous it, they episode. Um, title card is identical to part one, except it says part two. Once again, this episode is directed by Kevin Altieri and written by Bryn Stevens, who are the same writer-director team from part one. Which is a good idea. Good idea, though sometimes they split it up and it's weird. Which is stupid. Yeah. All right, we pick up exactly where we left off at the end of part one. We get a shot of those uh, mechanical arms. They look like they'd give a great massage. Yeah, really good. They're like, gyrating. Like the What's that? Like the ottoman. Like the ottoman. Oh, that's right. Ben, Ben, The ben. fucking creepy ottoman in part one that gives mm, him a foot massage. I don't like it. Doesn't like... <laughs> would, you let a robot, would you let a robot give you a foot massage? Hell no. <laughs> The guy says something like, is there anything better than a cappuccino and a foot massage? It's very, very specific. It's very specific and weird. Batman is struggling trying to get free from these arms as they hoist him higher. We see this sort of ominous yellow light blinking from the back computer. Sort of lets us know the back computer is still sick with lime wire aids. Um, <laughs> Alfred enters and sees Bruce or sees Batman. He panics. Uh, Batman eventually jumps on top of the arms and he pulls out the wires that make them function. We get this great electricity buzzing sound that we're going to hear a lot this episode. And finally, the arms deactivate. Alfred quips, I do wish your toy wouldn't play so roughly with you, sir. Which is, of course, a callback to, callback to part one. The wet, the wet glider. The wet glider. Um, yes. So Batman approaches the back computer and he recognizes immediately there's some link between the back computer and some other system, which of course we the viewer know is Hardak. Batman begins a trace, but Hardak basically cuts the connection. Um, we see Hardak kind of, I don't even know how to express this. Hardak feels that Bruce is trying to connect yep. with it yep. and he severs the connection. And in this moment, in the darkness of Hardak's lair, I realized what Hardak really reminds me of. Yeah. The Eye of Sauron. Sees all. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I know that those movies hadn't come out yet, but The Eye of Sauron was already a thing in culture, had already been animated, had already been something that had been illustrated. Mm -hmm. So I think we can add this to the HAL pile. I think so. As things that are maybe an influence for how Hardak was created, because this tower-like structure that it's in, and the eye and the shape of the eye, it's like, it could be Sauron. I also want to point out, we didn't do this in the previous episode, when the eye is dim, and I think this is creepier, the uh, shape on the lens looks like a smiley face. Yeah. It's got two little dots and a mouth. And I don't know if that's just the animators being cute or if that is something that Rossum did on purpose. I don't know. Possibly. Um, maybe both. Right. It actually made it more unsettling to yeah. me because I'm like, oh, when it's in low power, it's smiling I at you. I don't you. want a that smiling robot. fucked up shit. Smiling robots are scary. We do not want smiling no, robots. No. Um, the only robot I trust really is well, Bender. 
Bender bending Rodriguez. I trust Bender bending. There's a few robots I trust. I'm wrong here. Okay. But also, we have to... Sp- robots sp- you trust. Go ahead. We're going to specify between robots and androids. I'm not going to do that. All right. So we trust R2. Obviously, R2, D2, we and trust. And C3PO. We trust C3PO. We trust Bender. I trust Bender to serve Bender and that ultimately he'll do good. We can trust Bender because we know Bender's just out for Bender. But he is a lovable rascal. Yeah, as he well. is a lovable yes. rascal. Flexo, no. No, we do not Flexo, trust Flexo. But Flexo might not be the evil twin because Bender's kind of an evil robot to a degree. No, I don't trust Flexo. I don't trust him because it's, it's the goatee. It's the goatee. I don't yeah. trust anyone with the goatee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 definitely not. I trust Bender. I'm trying to think who else I trust. Iron Giant. Oh, definitely trust the Iron Giant. Trust the Iron Giant. I trust Mega Man. He is not quite a robot, though, I know, right? he's more like an android. And we're now getting to android territory. I know, and that's weird because he actually, he's, he's not... He's got some flesh. Yeah, he does. Super right. fighting robot. Um, robots I trust. I mean, I trust Optimus all Prime. The, Optimus Prime, for sure. I trust all the little critters from Batteries Not Included. Yes. Yes. Is that the whole list? I don't know. I would have to sit down and think more. K2SO, maybe? I don't know if I trust K2SO. He is a murdering robot. Yeah, he does kill people. I like that robot. You love K2SO. Yeah, um, the screen on the back computer reads, connection terminated. Batman is frustrated. He asks if Randa Dwayne could have been down in the Batcave, but Alfred can't remember because he got fucking electrocuted. Yeah, she shocked him. Um, Batman suggests that they search the house. Yeah, she did. She shocked him. Yeah. Um, he suggests that Randa might have left a clue that he could use, and then he says, after all, she's only human. Yeah, idiot. Bum, 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 she's she's definitely not. a robot. She's a girl robot. She's a robot. My girl robot. This is going to be the best prom ever. <laughs> we get an exterior shot of the police station, and we cut to the inside of Gordon's office, and Robo Gordon is sitting now at the desk. It's fine. He's talking to no one, <laughs> saying, the Gotham Club would be ideal. I'll take care of Bruce Wayne. And at first I thought like, oh, it's a speaker call, but nope. Nope. He's just sitting in the dark office talking out loud. Why would a robot talk to itself? It's very, because this is how hard act communicates. And yeah. It's really, really yeah, weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, robot Gordon is indeed talking to hard act. Robo Gordon. Barbara enters, uh, but Gordon like dismisses her instantly. He literally says, leave me alone. In the same tone that he has previously said, I'm fine. Not good. Uh, she is, of course, keenly tuned into his rudeness. And we know from these encounters and from the teddy bear and all that, this is just not the shape of their no, relationship. She not. can't let this she, stand. He's totally like, you know, a dad who like, she's got him wrapped around her finger. 100%. Yeah. This is a man who completely lives for his daughter. Yes. In the comics, he also has a son. Yes. But not in the show. I think no. they got rid of that in That's the show. That's fine. That's yeah, but No, totally fine. But yeah, I think his daughter basically runs the show. Yes. Um, it is not clear if he's still married to his wife. I would imagine they're not married. I think they're not married. And I like the Harley Quinn take oh, on the character where he's just a mess of a divorced dad. Be a massive divorced alcoholic dad. Yes. Who's like trying to do good, but like also I completely incompetent. Sort of, I love him. I sort of love Jim Gordon in every iteration of Best. Jim Gordon. He's a great character. I, I like I like the, 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 the Batman version of him too. I like that. Well, Jeffrey Wright was perfectly I cast. You to punch me in the face. A lot of folks were complaining about Jeffrey Wright because he's black, which is not fair. It's stupid. Okay. And also like Gordon's color matters at all. No. Um, and they were like, oh, Jeffrey Wright, he's not, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, he is exactly, exactly Jim Gordon's energy. Jeffrey Wright in real life is Jim Gordon, just kind of like, oh, just sort of exasperated. And you could tell he's very smart, but he's so beaten down. Yeah, like, yeah, like perfect. That, he's perfect, Jim Gordon. He's great, obviously. He's so well cast. Obviously. Um, oh, yeah, Gary Oldman's Gary amazing. Gary Oldman is great as but Gordon. But I actually even like old Pat Hingle from yeah. the 89 Batman and subsequent yeah. films there because while he's not the Jim Gordon we all love, he was still a very cool character. Yeah. And he has great moments. Yeah. like. Uh, like the break-in at Axis Chemical. It's like, who's in charge there, sir? Eckhart. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's such a good moment in that movie. He knows Eckhart su- sucks. Yes. Um, J.K. Simmons is all right. Simmons is... Well, we didn't really see Simmons. Nah, really Simmons didn't. barely got to do anything, and now he's done. Yeah, yeah. I think, actually, he would have been a great Gordon, but they gave him no screen time. He has nothing think, to do. Who do you think they're going to cast as the next Gordon in the new James Gunn universe? Well, actually, it's kind of already cursed, because I think Jeffrey Wright's doing a great job, but the Batman and the Robert Pattinson stuff is, like, separated Elsewhere, on yeah. purpose yeah. and will not be in-universe, yeah. so I don't know. I, people were throwing around Brian Cranston for a long time, yeah. who I think is perfect. Probably great. Um. People were saying, oh, now he's too old. But, like, uh, nothing about Jim Gordon ever told me that he was young. No, he's not a no, young dude. No, he's got white hair the entire series. Yeah, so actually, I think he'd be I think he'd be a great Jim Gordon if they want to go yes. with that. I, you know, and I think that's, like, the right level of celebrity yeah. to have for that character. I think so. 
Um, who's yeah. your barber? Who's your barber, Gordon? I Sophia Lillis. Yeah, Sophia Lillis. Yeah, that's a good call. The um, Beverly Marsh from yeah, it, yeah. Who just did the Dungeons and Dragons movie? Yes. I think she'd be great. I think she, of course, looks like the character. Though a lot of folks have said that she looks more like the Robin from Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Um, the character name escapes me at the moment. And that's yeah, it's bad. actually actually also very good um, casting. But they, I don't think they're going to get around to no. making that movie. At least not now. No. Um, no. I but think... if she has a shot of Barbara Gordon, she should take it. Yes. Anyway. I think she's a good pick. Um, yes. So Barbara hangs out after this weird encounter with her dad. And she kind of eavesdrops. We get Bullock finally. Yeah, <laughs> and Bullock. He, he enters, and uh, Gordon is sending him on down to Cybertron because he wants him to get something from Randall. Transform Rain. and roll out. And Bullock complains. He says, Oh, he already got a statement from Rossum, but Gordon insists. And <laughs> Bullock, like, grumbles walking away. Talk to this guy, talk to that guy. I'm getting a sore throat. <laughs> Uh, and then Barbara continues to eavesdrop. Gordon calls Bruce Wayne, telling him he knows who stole his computer data, and he wants Bruce to meet him at the Gotham Club in Ooh, one hour. It's not going to be good. And we get a quick cut to Bruce Wayne on the other line, who agrees to meet him, and as he's about to, like, say goodnight to him or whatever, I'll see you later, like, the line just cuts off. So, just, Robo-Gordon's a dick. Robo-Gordon, <laughs> no need, friends. Robo-Gordon, have heart of steel. <laughs> Just, just that Gordon has no manners but, at all. But why is Bruce Wayne upset? He literally does this to everyone. I well, he does it to Gordon on the regular. He does, and Bruce, this robot Gordon knows he's Bruce Batman. Bruce is just getting what he fucking deserves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's funny to me. It's just like they just get Gordon so wrong, but all the other robots are perfect. Yeah, they're great. It's just they hard act fucked up. They're great. Um, establishing shot of Cybertron evening. We cut inside to hard act buzzing away. Um, Rossum enters. This is the scene where the maker finally realizes what's been going on. He confronts Hardak. The duplicate processor's been used. I didn't authorize that. Uh-oh. Rossum and Hardak have what I like to think of as like sort of the classic creator versus robotic creation. Yep. yep. You know, the, the, every creator has this with his yep. creation. Yep, yep, um, Hardak claims he's doing what he's doing to achieve the creator's ultimate vision. But Rossum claims it was a mistake. He actually says, it was a stupid idea. The babblings of a broken heart. And there's a little banter. And then, I gave you too much free will. He should just unplug the robot. Well, he does try, Mike. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he literally tries to do that. Pull Hardak, out the plug. Hardak wants to protect humans from their own inadequacies. Oh, boy. We know that means apocalypse. So Rossum attempts to do exactly what you just said he should try to do. Yep. To change Hardak's programming or shut him down or whatever. And this is... The first really scary moment this episode. Yeah. Hardak's electricity stops crackling like between his ear antenna and he focuses them instead into a laser and it doesn't like shoot him real quick and knock him out. It actually like shoots him and lights him on fire. Yeah. yeah and he yeah, yeah. screams. Yes. And you're like, oh my fucking God, this thing just yeah. killed him. Now he does fall unconscious because this is an animated children's television program. Yeah. But it just gives us a little taste of the other stuff we're going to see in this episode, which is, again, fucking terrifying. If, if this was a comic book, he's dead. Yeah. Uh, Randa enters. She sees the maker immobilized, but she doesn't give a fuck because she's a robot. Yeah, she also doesn't care. Right. Hardak explains that he must also be improved upon, so Randa takes oh, him into her arms, wow. presumably to be remade. Like, they're going to turn him into a fucking Stepford wife or something. Yeah, of course. We get a shot of City Hall, nighttime outside the windows of Mayor Hamilton Hill's office. Now, Mayor Hill, baby. Hill already sucks. Yes. So making him a robot won't make him suck any worse. No, was no. all I could think during this sequence. It might be an improvement. It would be an improvement. I think it would be better for his son. <laughs> oh, poor Jordan. Poor Jordan, who's a 45-year-old man. Oh, yeah. With a weird haircut. Um, so we cut to Hill at his desk. He's confronted by the duplicate of himself looming over him. And the duplicate pulls that same electricity gun that we've previously yeah, seen yeah, used yeah, a bunch yeah. of times. Um, we get an extreme close-up as the, uh, uh, like there's a close-up of the crackling gun. And of course we know it's lights out for Mayor Hill. I think that's the first commercial. Yes, it is. Um, and that of course will let us know that Hill has been robo-hilled. I am robo-hill. Robo-hill. Uh, we come back to a gorgeous shot of the bat signal Mm -hmm. and it is panning back and forth across the clouds at night. Uh, the camera pans to the roof of GCPD headquarters, and then we cut to the spotlight itself as Batman definitely lands. Now, of course, we would assume that Batman's been called by Gordon. Of course. It's not the case. Batman, um, uh, yeah. I mean, he is called by Gordon. Well, that's the thing, right? So it's it's subverted. Yeah. Um, it's Batgirl, or not yet. It's Barbara calling him. So different Gordon. Um, she tells Batman that someone's impersonating her father. And uh, Batman doesn't dismiss this. 
he actually seems like to entertain it. He mm-hmm. says he's going to find out. Also, she's smart enough to realize that the bat that the bat signal exists and will call Batman. I was just going to say that I, she has the methodology to know what the right thing to do is, and she knows not to go through the police. Yeah, because she assumes that whatever got her father yeah. might have infiltrated the department. Yeah. Speaking of, this conversation is actually interrupted by Robo Bullock. I know. I, I don't like Robo Bullock because I like he regular is Bullock. Scary. He's a scary dude, and he's well because he's big too. He's big, and also he's perfect. Yeah. He actually does, like, we almost are lured into a false sense of security because Robo-Gordon is so bad. Yeah. We think all the Robo-Dupes are going to be bad, too. But actually, Robo-Bullock, uh, Robo rather, is, yeah. behaves rather a lot like Bullock. He's he has a wise-ass in this time, perfect, you know? yeah. Uh, getting a little fresh air? How come I wasn't invited to this little get-together? Things Bullock would say. It's exactly a thing Bullock would say. Yeah. And then he attacks. Oh, no. Robo-Bullock. Robo-Bullock. Batman drops his grappling gun in the fray. Uh, Barbara tries to help, but is knocked aside. Robo-Bullock actually hurls Batman to a higher ledge while Barbara looks on. And just as he's about to beat Batman with a pipe, Barbara grabs and fires the grappling gun, giving Batman the leverage he needs. He knocks Bullock right into the bat signal, which actually creates the best shot in either episode as the huge body of Bullock flies into the bat signal and explodes in like this corona of electricity. I will say this Great, much. great shot. They, they got to they gotta make a new bat signal. New bat signal. And also, that was just a beautifully animated shot. It looks stuff. really good. It looks really great. Um, so yeah, we get that moment. And then Barbara actually starts to cry yeah. because I think she thinks for a moment that they killed the real Bullock. Yeah. Uh, who in this moment you well, realize because she's crying, this must be a man she knows well, and probably thinks of as like an uncle. Well, you got to think about it, right? Like we've seen earlier episodes. Let's go back to Robin's Reckoning, right? We go back to Robin's Reckoning. We see a younger red-haired Jim Gordon right. working with a younger beat cop, right. Harvey Bullock. So Bullock has known her her entire life. I would say 100%. Yeah. And while Bullock and Jim kind of have this kind of like yeah, they're at loggerheads a yeah, lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think they're friends. Oh, 100% they're friends. Yeah, yeah. And I, I see Bullock as the kind of guy who's like, he's been at all of her birthday yep, parties. Yep, yep. And he's probably actually, Bullock is probably actually like a fun uncle. He's a funkle. Yeah, he's a funkle. Yeah, yeah a funkle. definitely. Uh, so she starts to cry again. Yeah, she thinks I Bullock think Batman actually thinks they might have killed him too. You, yeah, get, the, you get a reaction from Batman. There is an expression like, from Batman that's just like, oh no, what just happened? Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Uh, we get a moment of like Bullock's body smoking there in the wreck of the signal, but then of course, what rises is the terrifying body of Robo Bullock. Yep. Batman quickly severs this fragile snake-like neck that it has. Uh, the robot weakly searches for its own head for like a moment <laughs> and crashes that. to the ground. It is funny, but also this is scary for scary. kids. It's just another really scary sequence. Yeah. Um, Barbara's stunned. She catches the head as it falls and she gasps. And Batman kicks it as it drops to the floor. Barbara concludes that her father must be a robot as well. Of course, she's right. Mm-hmm. And I love this next bit. Batman says he's going to investigate, and she wants to go with him. Actually, she grabs his cape. Yeah. And he even says, let go of my cape. <laughs> yeah, which I forget what she says next, but then he's basically like, please let go of my cape. Please let go of my cape. <laughs> he tells her she can't come with him. He's going to do the investigation himself. He wants her to go to a friend's house. She don't got no friends. Come on. Well, she doesn't go to a friend's house, incidentally. Yeah. I wonder if she has friends. Because she's Batgirl. She's Batgirl. Not yet. Almost. So, yeah, he goes off into the night, and we know she has other plans. Next, we get the hallway of a place we've never been before. It's called the Gotham Club, but we never really get to see it. Sadly, it's not the Paragonators Club for the third time. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, this almost turned into another like high society charity yep. event, and I was like, I can't fucking take another no, one no, of these. No, another one. So we get a shot of Robo Hill. Robo Hill is in the, the hallway, mayor. and he's waiting. He's just perfectly still. Not human. Bruce rides the elevator up. This episode loves elevators. It really, really does. And he wants to know if Gordon is there too. And Hill tells him that he'll be along soon. He also tells Bruce that he's about to become a member of a very exclusive club tonight. Yeah, robots. Yeah, one everyone will belong to soon, which is just very world's end. Yep. You know, very Stepford Wives, very all that stuff. The, the body snatchers are always like, oh, it's going to be you soon too, You're pal. You're love it. Hill lets Bruce into a large dark room. Which should remind us of Goodfellas. Yeah. I was like, is he about to get yeah, whacked like yeah, Tommy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when the lights come up, three rough-looking guys in suits stare red-eyed at Bruce. It's a horrifying image. 
Uh, Hill picks up Bruce with just one hand. This fucking club sucks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, the mayor's eyes glow red as Randa and Gordon emerge from the shadows. Is this what I get for leaving in the middle of dinner? Well done. You know what they say about a woman scorn, Bruce. And Randa comes closer with the electro gun. But Bruce escapes Robo Hill. I actually like this. He drops out of the hideous brown yeah, suit jacket he God. always wears. Just like it was an extra cape. Yeah. And now I understand why he wears a big boxy suit jacket because yep. he can shed it like a snake. It's still ugly, but yes. Still hideous, but it has a practical function. And he doesn't have to worry about letting people know he's Batman because they're robots. Right, yeah. He's doing like tumbles and, and like fucking crazy acrobatics. And I'm like, oh no, he's revealing his identity. And then I realize like, oh, he knows everyone's a robot And they also point. already know his identity because they're in the Batcave. Right. Yeah. I, right. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's kind of a wash. Mm-hmm. It's like, it doesn't matter. Great. This whole sequence is great. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Bruce escapes to the hallway. He tries to block the door. It doesn't work. He gets to the elevator. The robots get right behind him, like bursting through the barrier. The robots smash their way into the elevator. Bruce is nowhere to be seen. And then we get the first time one of the robots do this. Yeah. Like an insect. It like jumps to the roof of the elevator on all fours. Like its joints are bent the wrong way. Its fucking head spins around 180. Uh, And of course, the new head like gets a perfect view of the Batman torching the elevator cables uh, and sending the robots below plummeting floors and floors and floors and floors and floors to the bottom of the shaft. And we see the floors racing by. And the basement door opens and we see they've all been, like, dismembered. <laughs> and one of the heads, like, roll out with, like, the eye blinking on and off. And we get a cut to Batman looking very satisfied about his work. Now, Mike, uh, you're you're in the elevator business uh, related to. Yeah, I don't know much about the elevator Can business. Can this happen to an elevator? I have no idea. Okay. I, I honestly I don't know anything about how I wasn't they sure work. if you'd ever heard a story of like yeah this elevator just dropped to the bottom I don't know no they have brakes they have brakes so this in fact could not happen Most so this children's not. television program fucking lied Wrong. to us yeah like they don't really go into free fall they have brakes that stop free them. fall and now I'm yeah from free what I understand fall. now don't quote me on this and all the duplicants are walking in the shadows. Got Robo Elvis and America too. Oh, and Robo Gordon. He's here to say, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We cut to the bedroom of Barbara Gordon. We actually see like the surface of her bed. I love this collection of items. We've got tape. Yep. We got a camera yep. and film, a saw blade, a crowbar, and Whoopi the Bear. Whoopi is, is a legendary item. Whoopi the Bear. Yep. The next Gotham game we play, Mike, I'm putting Wooby the Bear. Please it. do. Wooby the Bear. Uh, I was like, what a collection of stuff. I want to take this girl home. <laughs> I think that was <laughs> what I got from this. Um, so Bullock went to Cybertron and came back a robot is what she says. Want to bet that dad is there too? And I'm pretty sure she's talking to Wooby. Yes. So of course. there's that. Yeah. She loads up her pack. She heads off. And then in the very next scene, we get this exterior shot of Cybertron and Barbara's kind of sneaking through the growth of plants on the perimeter of the... Um, complex. Uh, there's no mask or anything. She's not dressed as Batgirl. This is all just pure fucking force of will. Uh, she creeps up to the side entrance, and I love this. She uses her makeup powder case to reveal the fingerprints on the keypad, gaining access. Yeah. There's also a little light theming here, because if you remember, Randa's compact mirror in the previous episode was a robot. Yeah. And Barbara is not using technology to be a detective. No. She is using just like basic MacGyvery detective skills. Practical effects, man. So it's almost like um, humanity versus technology. Yeah, and is, how is yeah. kind of a, a minor yeah. theme going on yeah. here. I don't know. Why didn't they just you know put all the water robots in water? They actually kind of do that. <laughs> that kind of comes up. Um, I actually love this like detective work that she does. Oh it's yeah, it's great. Awesome. Um, we get the interior of Cybertron. This is a really creepy sequence. It's, um, yeah. Barbara creeps down the corridor trying to avoid the security camera that is... (laughs) I just can't believe this place has security cameras. It's like centuries of technology behind everything else they have that they would actually have like an oscillating little security camera that goes back and forth. Literally a building built made of robots. So stupid compared to everything else they have. Yeah. Um, she sneaks along, but of course the trash can is secretly some kind of like horrible robot drone. It's Push the Trash Can from the Magic Kingdom. It is Push. Yeah. So, um... She's sneaking along the corridors, and this thing is, like, tiptoeing after her in a very Looney Tunes kind of way. Yeah. And eventually... I feel uh, like you, you, you could play In the Hole of the Mountain King behind, like... You absolutely could. Eventually, it grows to full size, mm-hmm. and it snatches her up, and it's pretty terrifying. And now she's in the trash. That's right. Uh, next, uh, we get a shot of Hardak cracking I love away. that the 
that the the little trash can robot things like they convert like i love that whole thing oh yeah it's so and cool. it looks really cool it and it's really also cool. funny yeah yeah it's hilarious um we get a shot of hardak uh rossum looks on with renda and we assume now that he is of course robo rossum <laughs> the garbage can drone brings in barbara she struggles but does not panic and that's important and robo rossum addresses her your skill at breaking and entering is impressive where did you learn those tricks? And her quip is, a police commissioner's daughter doesn't get all her education in school. What have you done with my father? Very brave, not panicked at all, sassy. I was like, she's going to kick this guy's dick in. Yeah, and she she could. Yes. And she should. Uh, we love it. Uh, Renda says he's right here and that she'll be joining him soon, very soon. Uh-oh. Robo Rossum and Renda cart Barbara away and the two trash can drones look on. And I love this. The final shot in the sequence is actually... From the perspective of the little snaky eye, the periscope from inside one of the trash can bots as the metal lid closes. Yeah, it's very cool. Really good. Um, next shot we get is of Cybertron later. We get a cloudy hand across the moon, and Batman's glider is seemingly back in action as he flies into the shot. We get a graceful landing from him, and he sneaks into Cybertron through a skylight, rappelling down into Hardak's lair. Two small spotlights come out of the darkness, uh, and they look like the drone eyes from earlier, which it turns out they are. Mm-hmm. And Batman, just with a batarang in each hand, just hits them bullseye right in the middle of those two spotlights. Amazing. And he just took them out in one shot. Yeah, he's pretty great. Great. Um, the drones crackle, malfunction, and drop like bowling pins. Robo Rossum hits the lights, and then we see Robo Gordon has Barbara hostage, oh. his hand over her oh. mouth. Yeah. Renda smugly stands by. It's over, Batman. Hardak gets now his villain monologue. And Mike, it's the same monologue from The World's End and every other evil AI movie. People are imperfect. They make mistakes. Your mistake was coming here to interfere with the plan. What is the plan? The plan was conceived by Carl Rossum when his young daughter was, hmm, deactivated. See, that's how they think about life and death. It's not about living and dying. It's about being active and deactive. Right, which to them Inactive. is in some ways sort of the same, and one is not worse than the other. Yes, they do this in Final Fantasy IX, where the black mages stop working right. when they die, and yeah. they're buried. Yeah, so Barbara surmises that his daughter died, and then Hardak makes a reference to that car accident. Our maker felt the emotion called love. <laughs> In great quantity for her. It's my favorite line of the episode. So good. Um, So essentially, Rossum wanted to replace all humans since humans are capable of errors and those errors cost lives. And then Barbara says, we're all capable of human error, which is exactly what Simon Pegg says in World's End. To err is, uh, what is it? Human. (laughs) I want to say something. Yeah. So humanity can create errors. Right? That's what the logic in this... The logic of Hardak is that humanity can create errors yes. that cost people's lives. Right? right? So Rossum's yep. plan was to create a way, a robot, AI system, Hardak, to ensure that human error cannot take lives. Right, to eliminate errors for the cost of human life, yeah. And the payment for this is Rossum's error. Right. Rossum's error is essentially built to cost all of humanity their lives right yeah so this is the tragic flaw is that the computer that he built to prevent this from happening causes it to happen on a massive scale yes and the one thing he's trying to prevent is people losing their lives is ultimately the final solution here right yeah yeah there is like an irony there yeah and it's kind of a circle yeah it's it's exactly a circle Yeah. yeah Um, Barbara wonders if her father is dead because Hardak seems to literally be trying to replace all the people on Earth. But Hardak reveals that he's still learning from his subjects. And then Hardak pulls up this sort of water tank. Back to... A back to tank, basically, (laughs) where all the disappeared humans are suspended. Barbara and Batman... All the characters we care about. Uh, Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, Barbara and Batman escape the robo-clones. Batman actually kicks Robo-Rosum, shattering the tank. And this is at the same time Renda draws the electro-gun. And Robo Rossum just makes an ill-timed dive for Batman and gets electrocuted. And then he fucking explodes, Mike. Right up. I don't mean like he kind of explodes. No, I mean he no. is destroyed. No, completely. Which is so much fun. Like, you can do this to robots. Yeah, I love it. Batman uses a grenade yep. <laughs> to try to take out Hardak. But Robo Gordon d- dives on it, costing him his own life. And Bullock and the other captives eventually come too. Barbara rescues her father and the others. 
and a smoking, crackling hard act puts out the emergency call to stop Batman. A half-robotic Renda grabs bats from behind. So actually, her beautiful Marilyn Monroe face has now kind of is, um, uh, bifurcated, right? Yeah. So like half her face is robot and what, half what, is Marilyn. What, what an image. What an image. It's a great Love image. Love it. Love it. I kind of remember that image from maybe like the trailer from one of the seasons of this I show. I think so. I think so. It's definitely a powerful image. It is. Also, we didn't say this at all. Like, this is the Sentinels. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, which is kind of why Hard Act does remind me of Master Mold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More of this. I, I, I think the Sentinels are, are excellent, so. Yeah, actually, the Sentinels are one of my favorite things from and, X-Men. And they are used in the cartoon to massive success for that show, once again, because it's robots and you can do the they stuff They didn't robots. do Sentinels that well in the live films. No. Um, they only really have them in Days of Future Past, yes. and they're not used enough. No, so. no. not enough. They're not purple toastery enough. Right. Uh, we, we miss the purple toasters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that film really missed it was that they tried to make the Sentinels look cooler, but their comic book look is actually better because I I think they missed out on the fact that like, um, you know, Bolivar Trask wants the Sentinels to look like something that the humans could think of as friendly. Of course. And the movie doesn't go for that at all, but that's okay. No. Uh, missed opportunity. Anyway, we cut to the corridor where Barbara is leading the captives to escape. Hardak's voice booms over the intercom system, telling them that he controls every means of escape. And as the greeting drone from the previous episode yeah. then shows up firing lasers, that's the cute little yellow guy that yeah. had said, hello, Bruce Wayne. Now, even he's firing fucking terrifying lasers. They all got lasers. Um, Barbara, again, uses her trusty compact mirror to deflect the laser blast. I, Which is I love it. so cool. It's so cool. And then Rossum literally walks up behind this thing and just turns it off. Yep. Which is very funny. Hit the power switch. Um, and then he actually, he picks up this thing and kind of cradles it like a baby. I felt bad for him. I do. I, do I was like, bad. this dude did not want this. No, he just likes robots. Yeah. Um, Rossum leads them to his own office, which apparently has its own private elevator and separate power source, which is perhaps their only means of escape. And then these huge explosions rock the building. And Bullock during this whole time is carrying a mostly unconscious Gordon. Mm -hmm. Um, we get the exterior of Cybertron. To my surprise, the captives actually all make it out. Uh, Barbara instructs them to help her father. She's going to run back in to help Batman. And that's how we know this girl's not just like brave. She's a fucking superhero. Yeah, she's, yeah. Um... So she runs back in totally selflessly to go help Batman out. And it turns out, actually, he really needs her. Um, so Mayor Hill <laughs> Mayor Hill is the only one who actually could help. And he just kind of, like, gives, like, this half-hearted, like, little, like, no, don't go. <laughs> but, like, please, he doesn't even no, say it. please, stop. And then he's like, nah, fuck it, we're out of here. <laughs> um, we cut back to the fight between Renda and Batman. Uh, Batman is struggling to overcome her. She's got massive strength. And the lab is, like, burning as this is happening. She nearly crushes him with the fucking elevator before Batman makes a really quick reversal, crushing Renda instead. It's actually a very, like, frightening sequence. It's, yeah. Barbara re-enters the lab just in time, pulling an exhausted Batman to safety as the place basically self-destructs. Yeah, good thing she was there. He would have been dead. This is another died. instance where it's like, yeah, without her, she he's dead. And we've only seen misses this close with Robin. Robin, yeah. Robin saved his skin a couple of times, actually. Right. Yeah. We cut to Gordon, who's now semi-conscious, being escorted by Bullock, he realizes Barbara's not there with them and stops as he is about to be helped into a truck. He actually calls out for her. There's massive damage in the lab as Hardak burns. We hear the announcement from him. Core systems damaged. The plan has failed. Um, nice. Am I wrong? I felt almost a little bad for the robot. A little Do bit. Do they want us to feel I think that? so. It was just the expression of core systems damaged. The plan has failed. I think I got it as this. It's not that I wanted Hardat to succeed. He's evil and bad. But the way Hardak is presented, he thinks he's doing something good. So in a way, it's not like when the Joker or Two-Face is doing something. Do you know what I mean? No, I know. He thinks he's got... He's got he thinks he's doing the right thing to save humanity. I think I was sad for like his dignity. Yeah. Like for his nobility. Yeah. Not because I agreed with him, because I was like, oh, I... Can't I, do a mini I, I understand if he feels anything... He's feeling it now. Yeah. The plan has failed. The only thing he cared about, right? Yeah. There was something a little human. He's main there. operative, right? There's something a little human there. Yes. Um, we that's get it. They a, got you. That's right. These robots. We get a rapid cut to an exterior shot of Cybertron, which explodes out over the water. Um, like Sigma's castle. Right. It looks like a Bond lair, yeah. basically. Yeah. Basically is. We cut to the faces of the escaped convicts. Oh, not the escaped convicts. Jesus Christ. We cut <laughs> to the faces of the escaped captives at the truck watching the place below. 
Gordon shouts for his daughter, but then sees her emerge with Batman. Gordon races to her, and they embrace. Rossum cries, I had no idea Hardak had gone this far. <laughs> and then shitty Mayor Hill tries to console him. I'm sure the investigation will prove exactly that. Yeah, okay, he's going to jail. Thanks, Mayor Hill. Mayor he's going to fucking put Rossum yeah, in jail yeah, forever. Get my best DA on it. The one with two faces. <laughs> All right. So, when you were designing Hardak. Yeah, exactly. Um... Gordon gives us a good lethal weapon. I'm getting too old for this kind of stuff. <laughs> Which yeah. is basically the same. It's the Danny Glover. Yes. Um, I sort of enjoyed it, said Barbara. Yeah. Rich with foreshadowing. Yeah. Like she she had a good time. Yes. We get a final shot of Cybertron burning. Mike, your closing thoughts on Heart of Steel parts one and two. What? It's great. It's a great big robot sci-fi story. I loved it. And I think they're perfect compliments to each other and really even first part, second part. The second part probably is better because it's all the payoff and it's really cool to see. I so agree. These were so worth revisiting. I loved it. I thought it was really exciting. And I think it was maybe one of the best examples of why some of these stories need two-parters yeah. because we were allowed to have an episode that was just set up yeah. and allowed to have an episode that was just payoff and that was okay. Yeah. And a kid could watch this show as a movie and feel fully satisfied. Yeah, if that was my afternoon, if that right. was my Friday afternoon, if I watched like an hour of Batman. It's like a movie. It's great. a little movie. It's like a, yeah. I was fully satisfied like a special from this Heart of Steel yeah. adventure and yeah. I love it and I love that we get to meet Barbara and that Perfect. she is the awesome powerful smart sexy cool comic book perfect girl that we all remember her being and kind of want a show about just sort of alter yeah herself. and watching this i was like man where's the batgirl show i know i know I, yeah but uh she's terrific what a great intro for the character and we'll talk more about her when we look at i am the knight and when we look at of course our batgirl stuff coming up ranking in the shadow series the for you shadow of the bat shadow i think bat? is part of it yes yeah. Um, and then ranking in the series for you. Yeah, I think it's around the same spot as part one. I think it's, you know, right, that, so in the that top, top third. third yeah. That top third, maybe about 30 or 33, maybe maybe 29 or 28. I agree. Arguably better second half. Yes. Um, really strong. And yeah, that's it for this one. Uh, I'm very excited for next week. Mike is rubbing hey, his hands together because, uh, folks, long-awaited villain, the Riddler, finally makes his appearance next week with all-time great episode, truly a classic, one of my favorites from youth and from now. If you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Thank you for joining us. This was the batman Cast. For Mike Staub, I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. You killed Captain Clown. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Tasticast. If you'd like to continue to support the show, you can find us on the podcatcher of your choosing and leave us a five-star review. That helps it show up in all the different podcast feeds and also lets us know what you like about the show. If you leave something, you write something there in the comments. You can also follow us on social media at Batman Tasticast. And you can reach out to Jordan and I directly. We're pretty active and uh you know we check our inboxes a lot so reach out to us on social media and we'd love to hear from you and until next time another episode of batman's on the way